this morning, but diving into um, actually a continuation of last week. Last week we were challenged and encouraged to plant. You know, there's this life principle that you reap what you sow, and we understand that. Anybody who's ever gardened um, in any way understands that what seed you plant, that's what's going to grow. That's what's going to bear fruit. It's a very simple principle. Um, We know that uh, karma is a knockoff of that, right? You know, it's a knockoff of the biblical reality that you reap what you sow. Um, We were challenged to plant the good things of God into our lives. We uh, were encouraged to allow him to develop good roots into our lives. You know, to focus on that. So often we focus on the fruit, and we just want love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. We want those things, but the only way to get those fruits of the Spirit, is those good fruits, are by having good roots. Allowing God to do a work in the unseen. I think it's a little bit of what God was kind of challenging with what Becky had shared. You know, some frustrating so often when you're living life by faith, and you're not really seeing it happen and you're seeing the opposite happen, and it's frustrating, and it's like, God, what's happening? But so often in those seasons that you're not seeing anything changing, God is actually radically changing everything from the roots in the unseen. And of course, we know that good roots produce good fruits. It's just a reality. Um, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 reminds us of this. To not be deceived, that God cannot be mocked, A man reaps what he sows. Don't try to fool yourself to think otherwise. Don't think you can be dishonest with everybody else and um, everyone's just going to be truthful with you, right? Don't think that you can can sow out all of these nasty seeds into uh, other people's lives and other relationships. You can be something and that it won't be revealed. You know, we can't be deceived in that way. God will not be mocked. We reap what we sow. And of course, we want to be sowing the good things of God, right? The the things of the kingdom, the good things, the best things in life. Those are all the things of the kingdom, the God stuff, the kingdom stuff. Uh, That's what we want to be sowing out, not only into our own lives, but into the lives of those around us. That's what we want to see grow and prosper in every way. And of course, it does begin with us, planting it into our own lives, but we also want to be planting it out into others. So this morning, God is challenging us. Not on all these things I wanted to go into, what type of soil we are and how to cultivate a lifestyle that God can grow his things inside of and how to choke out the things of the enemy. I mean, I want to do all these other things, but God really went a different direction this morning. Um, You can ask Becky, I struggled with it all week. I had like four different messages, I think, written, and then finally it got rewritten at the last minute. I love that. As long as it's his message and his word, you know, that's, that's what's important. That's what matters. But what he's challenging us on this morning is our attitude toward sowing, our attitude. So much of life spurs from this. Because we know this reality. Jesus came to give us an abundant life. We, we can quote all these scriptures. We can say them. But this morning, God wants to just do something different. He wants to shift our perspective a little bit. Jesus came to give us eternal life, which begins here and now, by the way. Not when you get raptured home or you kick the bucket, right? Eternal life begins the moment you receive his invitation to salvation. Jesus came to give us an abundant life, life to its full. And this morning we're being challenged to have that same attitude toward planting, toward sowing that God has. Because God is generous. I don't know if you realize this or not, but we serve a very generous God. I should be rotting in hell like, you know, many times over and over and over again. But our God is generous. 
very generous, all right? In fact, James chapter 1, verse 5 says this, and if any of you lacks wisdom, I thought Becky had amen a little louder than that, you know. If any of us lacks wisdom, we should ask God, and he gives generously to everyone without finding fault. Does that mean he doesn't see our faults or he's not aware of them? <laughs> no, he knows every single one. <laughs> well aware of them, but he doesn't hold them against us. Instead, he will give us wisdom freely. Um, and in fact, Psalm 103 says this, verses 8 through 10. The Lord is compassionate. He is gracious. He is slow to anger. He is abounding in love. So you see this sort of what things do we need to be weeding from our life and what things do we need to be sowing into our lives. Compassion, gracious, not anger, love. He will not always accuse nor will he harbor his anger forever. Yes, we anger the Lord. He gets ticked off. He gets enraged. To be angry is not to be sin into a state of sin, right? That's another message for another time. It says he does not treat us as our sins deserve in verse 10, nor does he repay us according to our iniquities. God doesn't treat us as our sins deserve, or that would be our fate for everyone. We wouldn't be breathing right now having second chance after second chance after second chance. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. Instead, God is a generous God who patiently waits, patiently waits for everyone to receive his invitation. Now, in the end, he just honors their decision, whether to enter his kingdom or whether to be cast into hell with the rest of, you know, Satan and his demons. He doesn't rule over hell. That's not his kingdom. That's, that's, that's his punishment, eternal torment, day and night. That's his prison cell. So don't let the enemy deceive you and think it's going to be a big old party, you know, there. Um, wow. Yes, there's a revelation in itself. But even when God is awaiting a response to his open invitation to his salvation, he still generously gives us all things. He loves us. He sustains us. He will let us experience some pain, right? But... In the end of the day, he still like sustains us. I mean, it's just amazing how generous he is, how patient he is, how long-suffering he is, just how generous he truly is toward us. And in fact, about 500 years before Jesus, before God decided to wrap himself in flesh and dwell among us, David, King David had the same revelation about this generous attitude toward God, of God. He said this in Psalm 30, 27, verse 13 to 14. He said, I remain confident of this, I will see the goodness of the Lord here in the land of the living. So wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart and wait for the Lord. Now, David was not a sin-free man. He knew all of his sins. He confessed them before the Lord. In fact, they're recorded in the Bible for us to look at. He was not a sin-free man, but he was still confident of this, that our generous God would show us his goodness here in the land of the living. Now, generosity has far more to do with our attitude, with our attitude in which we give, and far less about how much you give. The world defines generosity of how much you give, how much you pour out, right? But a kingdom mindset and attitude toward generosity is really that. It's, it's why you're giving, how you're giving, not necessarily how much you're giving. Um, in case you're kind of scratching your head about that and everything, like, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, take a look at this. Uh, well, I'll get ahead of myself here. Jesus said this. This is what he wants our attitude and mentality to be 
about generosity in the kingdom of God. And since we're um, a Pentecostal church, we're not going to cut out any of the word of God. We're going to quote the whole verse. Everybody loves the second part of this verse. I love it all. In fact, I, I think I prefer the first part. Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. Jesus said this. Heal the sick. See, they cut it out. Stop cutting out the first part of the verse. You're missing the good stuff. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. There's the good stuff. Why do they always leave that out? Freely you have received, freely give. Jesus has freely given you all power, all authority to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse those of leprosy, to drive out demons. You have freely received his kingdom. And so what do we do? How do we heal the sick? We freely give them the kingdom. How do we raise the dead? We freely give them the kingdom. How do we cleanse those of leprosy? You freely give them the kingdom. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. That's what we do. All that we are, conduits. We can do nothing good on our own. All that we can do is open up our lives and say, God, have your way. And he is the one that moves in and through our lives. That is the, the generous attitude of Jesus. Freely you've received, freely give. Making clear that generosity is an attitude and not how much you give. We all know this little time that uh, happened in Jesus' life and during his ministry, right? I'm going to quote it from Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put in. That's where Nikita's sitting now, kind of opposite where the offerings were being brought in. Did you notice how much everyone gave? I'm sorry. Didn't mean to embarrass you. No. Ah, uh, they took them. Come on. Jesus was taking note of how much everyone was given. I just think that's nosy. It's none of his business. But anyways, he was doing this. And it wasn't sinful because he doesn't sin. He sat down opposite the place where offerings were being put in. And he watched the crowd putting in their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came. And she put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. A few mites in other translations. And then calling out to his disciples and asking them to come over to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. Now, I know math is hard. Do you guys think that Jesus was talking about the numbers? He knew that other people gave more than her, right? Not from a kingdom mindset, not from a kingdom attitude. They gave out of their wealth, out of their abundance. Didn't cost them a thing. They walked away from there, and, and they, they went to what's the fanciest restaurant around these days? I don't know. A lot of them are shutting down. Olive Garden? That's the fanciest? All right. Power to the pasta. Um, so they could go there with nothing. This widow gave less than anybody else, but in the eyes of the kingdom of God, she gave more. Because she didn't give out of her abundance. She gave everything she had. She gave everything she had she was fully trusting the lord fully trusting in god's ability to provide jesus in fact declared that he said in verse 44 all of them gave out of their wealth but she out of her poverty put in everything all that she had to live on she put more into the treasury than all the others so don't ever look at your life and think that you're not good enough, not smart enough, not whatever enough, that you just don't have anything worthwhile to give. 
give Jesus your all. And he will say, you are giving more than Billy Graham gave to evangelism. If you give your all, you're giving more to the kingdom of God. Just give it all to him. Generosity is less about how much we give and more, far more, about our motive and our attitude while giving. Generosity is a test of your heart. Do you trust God? And we're not just talking about money this morning. We're talking about everything. Everything. But I'm telling you, money is an easy way to reveal it. Take a look at your checkbook and see, you know, who you really trust and who you're really giving toward, you know. It's just, it's an easy thing to judge by. But Jesus wants all of our lives. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't actually need you. But he desires our willingness, our obedience to follow him, to give him everything. And that's what that widow did. She literally gave everything she had to live on, and she trusted God to provide and to meet her needs. It's about our attitude. That's what generosity is about. Not how much you give, but your attitude toward giving. To reinforce this, not only did Jesus praise the widow who gave more from a kingdom perspective, even though from a worldly perspective she gave the least, he rebuked religious people who were faithfully tithing on everything that they had. They, they were doing what God's word called them to do, right? They were tithing on everything. And Jesus is like, what's wrong with you? Give him a smack on the back of the head, right? Luke chapter 11, verse 39 to 42, Jesus said this. Now then, you Pharisees, and those were the religious leaders, you know, in the, the, the day, you know, among the Jews. He said, you clean the outside of the cup and the dish. Now, my kids, they follow this Pharisee mindset when they do dishes at home. They clean the outside of the dish? But Jesus said this about the inside. The inside's full of nastiness, greed, wickedness. I don't know how many times I've poured a pot or a cup out, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> hey, guys, who did dishes last? Do you think this is clean? Do you call this clean? The outside's clean, but is the inside clean? <laughs> Amen, right? I do this all the time. <laughs> stop it. He's saying stop it. Okay. Anyways. Oh, never Nate. Never Nate. Girls? <laughs> Welcome to the Cromers. Not I did it. Not I. <laughs> oh, anyways, I'm sorry. All right, I'm squirreling. I'm squirreling. But right, nobody wants to drink out of a nasty cup that has stuff growing in it. It's just, ugh, anyways. So Jesus said, you clean the outside, but inside. Now, let me tell you this. That is a religious mindset and attitude, and it is so offensive to God. It is so offensive to God, to the Spirit of God, to have a religious mindset. I need to look like I'm something. I got to put the mask on. I got to put the face on. I need to speak the right speak, you know, and, and whatever. He knows what's inside, and it's what's inside that he judges by, right? Saul, right? Whenever uh, Saul was sent to pick David, God said, what's wrong with you? I don't look at what the outside, you know, the way that man does. I look at what's inside. That's what Jesus is saying. So he continued on about generosity. He said, you are fools. Did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But now as for what is inside of you, 
Start being generous to the poor. And if you did that, everything would be clean for you. Woe to you Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, your rue, and other kinds of garden herbs. Please don't do that, by the way. Come, come harvest season, don't be plopping tomatoes and cukes down in these offering plates, okay? Let's not be that religious about tithing, okay? Because, uh, yeah, anyways. <laughs> I'm going I'm to try to stop squirreling. But they were being that faithful and obedient. Even, even what grew in their gardens, they were following the law to a T. I got a tithe on everything that God gives me, the first fruits, literally. But Jesus said this, so you're doing all of that. And he didn't say that was bad, but he said, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. So, so you see, he's not saying that it was wrong that they were faithfully following the law and tithing on all their first fruits. It wasn't wrong, but you can't do one without the other. You've got you've, you've to embrace the entirety of God's kingdom, not just focus on one attribute of it. We need all of it to be balanced and healthy. Again, generosity is it's less about how much we give and far more about our motive and attitude toward giving because that's what they were lacking. They were giving the funding but they weren't doing it with love. They weren't doing it with a generous attitude. Those are the two things that Jesus said. You're neglecting the love of God and generosity toward the poor. You're giving to get. You're giving to be on good terms with God. You're not giving for the reasons that God wants you to give. An attitude towards generosity begins with this understanding. Everything we have is God's everything the amount of nitrogen oxygen and carbon dioxide i'm breathing in right now it's all gods i, I didn't do anything to make it you know it's uh, every breath is a gift a blessing of god we are simply stewards entrusted with the riches of god's kingdom you're gonna be learning about stewardship right rob we're gonna be talking in the new year possibly looking at finances but the principles of stewardship that apply to finances they apply to the entirety of our lives. We're to be a generous people. Everything is God's. I've just been entrusted with a little piece of it. And depending on how faithful I am with that little bit, that determines how much more I receive, right? It, it really does. We'll get into that principle later. It's true with our lives. It's true with our children. It's true with our homes, our finances. Absolutely anything that enters our hands. It's not ours. It's God's. He is just trusting us with it. And what are we doing with it? When God's people came together, this is when the first temple was going to be built. David wasn't allowed to build it. But you know what David was allowed to do? Gather together all the supplies so that his son could have everything that he needed to build. There's your retirement plan right there, right? Not gathering up for yourself to build your own kingdom, but gathering up so your children can be blessed, so that they can build their kingdoms. And then they can use that to build. And then you see how that generational blessing starts to build? You know, I feel bad for my kids, but we're working on it, right? <laughs> we're going to leave behind a blessing. Maybe a hundred bucks, but you know, it's a blessing. And invest it well. No, I'm kidding. I got to stop... Is that something we need to stop doing? Right. 
I joke all the time, but what am I speaking? Marie said this at worship practice, I think, man. I joke all the time, but what am I speaking? What am I believing? What am I sowing? What am I planting? Right? Some doubt. Anyways, 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 11 through 10, or 14. David said this, Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You're exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor, they come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands alone are strength and power to exalt and to give strength to everyone. Now, God, we just give you thanks and we praise your glorious name. And then David said this in front of that whole assembly after they generously brought in all of these materials to build the temple. He said, but who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this. Everything comes from you. And what we have given to you is only that which came from your hand. We're just giving it back to you. That's all that we're doing. You know that we, uh, you know, we, we firmly believe in tithing here at the church. You know, you'll hear it every now and then. I don't talk about money often, but, you know, giving 10% of your first fruits, your gross income, boom, that's the Lord's. He owns it. Malachi 3 says you're stealing from him if you ain't giving it. The offerings are above and beyond that. We, we, we encourage that. Um, you know, and it's honestly only difficult to do if we don't understand this reality. It's really a heart test. Do you trust that everything's the Lord's? That this paycheck is not mine, it's his. And he can increase it or he can take it away at any time that he wants. Not really mine. I may have worked hard, you know, to earn it, but in reality, it's his. And he can give and take away at his will. God is entrusting us, and God is choosing by his own word to bless. In fact, it's the only time that God said to test him in this and to see if he wouldn't pour out blessings. Tithing, giving your 10%. That's what the, the Lord did. Test him in it. Try him in it. He is entrusting us with 90% of it. And in fact, he has promised to bless 90% of your finances. I'd rather have 90% of my finances blessed than 100% of them cursed. I don't know about you all, but our family has experienced that blessing that things were done that should have never been able to be done, and just, it's amazing. You know, sometimes I get grumpy because we have this huge blessing come in. I'm like, whew, this is awesome, you know? And then a big bill comes in that we were unexpecting, you know? Car busted up, and you dumped thousands into it. Didn't see that coming, but the Lord did. So we still praise him, even though it wasn't extra like we thought it was going to be. He knew it was coming, and he made a way, and he provided. And he just faithfully does it all the time. But this is the, the, the thing. Tithing is a testing of our generosity, about our attitude toward our life, and what has been entrusted to us. Do we really trust him? If we can't trust him with 10% of our money, can you really trust him with your entire life? It's really a heart and a mindset test. Because generosity is not about how much we give, it's about why we give and how we give. Listen to the promises that God has made for those who give generously, those who sow generously, those who plant generously. Psalm 37, verse 21. The wicked borrow, and they don't repay, but the righteous give generously. 
Deuteronomy 15.10, Give generously to everyone without a begrudging heart. Because, this, because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all of your work and in everything you put your hand to. That's a pretty big promise. He will bless everything you put your hand to if you don't begrudgingly give, if you give generously to all. Psalm 37, verse 25 to 26. When I was, I was young, and now I'm old. And I believe this was, I can't remember who was writing it, so I won't quote it, but he said, I was young, and now I am old. Yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen their children begging for bread. They are always generous. They lend freely. Their children will be a blessing as well. This kingdom attitude that you can't outgive God, that what you give when you give generously, and again, it's not about how much you give, it's about why you give and the attitude that you have toward giving. When you give generously, you actually receive all that you need. It doesn't make any sense that you give to have what you need. It doesn't make sense. It's a, it's a paradox in the kingdom. It's just like the paradox in the kingdom of we die so that we live. Well, that doesn't make any sense, you know, but in the kingdom it does. And when you test it, you see it happen. Psalm 112, 112 verse 5. Good will come to those who are generous and who lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Well, how about you? But on a hot day, the last thing that I think of to be refreshed is to pour my lemonade out to everyone else, right? I want to pour a cup to myself to be refreshed. But God's word says that when you refresh others, you yourself are refreshed. Think about that. What is something you're struggling with in your life right now? What are you getting irritated and frustrated with? Are you sowing out the opposite? Are you planting out the opposite into the lives of others? It's amazing how that works. Do you know how it works? Whenever you're scattering seed to other people, believe it or not, you actually get some on yourself. You plant some in your own life as well. And I believe that God just like miracle grows that stuff. That seed's like pfft, grows overnight. When you're refreshing others, he refreshes you. Um, Proverbs 22.9, the generous will themselves be blessed because they share their food with the poor. And I could go on and on and on and on. There's so many scriptures about generosity and the blessing that is always attached to it. But the reason I don't start with the blessing that's attached to it is because we want to give for the right reasons. If you give to get, then you just canceled your blessing. If you give to be seen, you just canceled everything, and it ain't going to work. That's not how generosity works. Generosity is about your attitude and your mindset, not how much you give. Um, we, but when we're discussing this, we also can't neglect the fact that we do reap what we sow, right? We harvest what we plant. You would never plant 10 corn seeds out in your front yard and expect to bring in the international harvester and just, you know, reap in tons, you know, you know, bring, bring the, uh, the, the, the dump trucks in, you know, because the harvest is coming, right? You would never do that. That's foolishness. You plant 10 seeds of corn, what are you going to get? Best case scenario, you get 10 stalks of corn that each produce you know, two to four maybe, you know, ears. I mean, you're not going to get tons of corn by planting 10. Now, if you plant acres of corn, you better get the harvester out and you better get the dump trucks ready because when it comes harvest time, 
you've got some tonnage, right? Um, you know, we, we, we can't plant five little watermelon seeds and expect to just, you know, get the, the crates ready and take them down to the mayos to sell. It's not going to happen. You'll be lucky to get four or five, right? We reap what we sow. But we've got to get our attitude right before this principle works. Your attitude toward generosity is far more important. But we can't neglect the fact that you literally do reap what you sow. I mean, you already see ahead here, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to start a few verses back. Um, and, and I encourage you to read this whole chapter. It starts with finances, but it's a life principle toward everything. Paul said, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. If that's true with seeds that you buy, how much truer is it in our spiritual lives and our natural lives? We reap what we sow. Not only what seed we are planting and sowing, but also how much we are sowing. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Remember, that's not just about how much you sow, but it's also about your attitude towards sowing. If you give with a bad attitude, if you give to get, you're back at the first step. You're giving sparingly. But if you give a lot out with generosity, then you've sown generously. If you give a little bit and you've given it generously, then you've sown generously and you should expect to receive sparingly. In verse 7, Paul goes on, he says, Each one of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or out of compulsion or obligation. God loves a cheerful giver. And that's usually what I kind of half quote, you know, when I talk about tithes and offerings. You know, don't give out of obligation or compulsion. Just give what the Lord is leading you to. Um, you know, tithing is a biblical principle, and it absolutely plays true. But I believe in the New Testament that that principle did change. It increased. God no longer wants a 10% of your everything. He wants your everything. He wants it all. He wants 100%. He wants you all in, right? That's where the blessing abounds. Each one of you should give whatever you decide in your heart. And it says in verse 8, Paul reminds them that God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. That's a pretty good promise, right? All, 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 every. I like those words. I really do. And you get those words by sowing generously. In fact, he goes back to an Old Testament uh, quote. He said in verse 9, as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Do you see this other attitude test? that has been said over and over and over again this morning from the word of God. Who are you generously giving to? Every single time you are generously giving to somebody who cannot repay you. Giving to the poor. If I give someone who's poor $1,000, it's going to be gone, right? It's probably already spent before they ever receive it. They're poor. You want to talk about an attitude test in generosity. You are generously, freely giving to those who can give nothing back. Why? Because you're not giving for them or about the, it's, it's You're giving what God is calling you to give. Your eyes are on him, not on who you're giving to. He says in verse 10, Now he who supplies seed to the sower, because everything we have is his, right? Everything we can plant, it was his that uh, he gave us to begin with. 
He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. I've got about 100 pounds of bird seed right now in my basement. How cool is it to think about this biblical principle? As I am pouring out bird seed, God is increasing my storehouse. How am I increasing my storehouse? Not by going to, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, da, 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 Butler Mall. Uh, Rural King, thank you, yeah. I'm not going to Rural King and buying another 50-pound bag to add to my storehouse. I'm pouring out my 50-pound bag out into the bird feeders that are everywhere on our property. My, my dad loved birds, apparently. I don't know. Um, <laughs> feed squirrels more than birds. But anyways, that's another story. As I'm pouring out that 50-pound bag, God is increasing. As you pour out, God is increasing your storehouse. It just, this doesn't make any sense from a worldly perspective. But this is what happens in the kingdom of God. God supplies seed to the sower. He will not only supply, he will increase your store of seed, and he will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. How awesome is that? All I'm doing is, is dumping out that little bit that I have. And what I don't know is happening behind the scenes is he's increasing my seed storehouse. And not only that, he's growing deep, deep good roots in my life. He's growing something inside of me. And I'm not doing anything to do it. He's doing it. He's doing the work. All that I'm doing is being generous. I'm freely given what I have been given. And then the Lord's like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> Watch this. And he gives more. And he gives more. And this isn't, a, uh, this isn't about finances. It applies to finances, but it applies to everything in our lives. You reap what you sow. What you're pouring out it is going to grow in your life. It is going to grow in the lives of those around you. So I just want to challenge you. Think about what is it that you're missing in your life right now, in your home, in our church, in, in your relationships with others, in your workplace, in your school, wherever it is. You know, if there's something that you're missing and you just wish that there would be something there, maybe it's time to start grabbing it from the kingdom and sowing it out. You have been called to be a planter, a sower of the kingdom things. And you have an abundant storehouse that never runs dry. There's always more than enough in his kingdom. Maybe I don't have it in my own life because I'm the one that's not sowing it out there. I'm the one that's being, you know, um, Scrooge, you know, about, about these things. I'm not generously pouring them out. Do you ever notice how this works in conversations? You know, somebody starts gossiping and then it, it grows, doesn't it? Someone else starts gossiping, someone else starts all it takes is one person to step into that little conversation and to start speaking something opposite of that to kind of stop it. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, yeah, you know. Just maybe pose a question, you know. You know, do you guys talk about me like this whenever I'm not here? Oh! <laughs> pose a simple question. Don't accuse, you know. Don't preach at them. Just ask, you know. Whenever they're gossiping about somebody who's not there, you're like, do you guys talk about me this way? Ouch, right? 
You just did some weed pulling, but you also did some sowing. Because what you just sowed by that simple question is, I should be treating people the way I want to be treated, right? The golden rule, golden seed. By that simple question, and without saying it, you challenge that mindset. Do I want to be treated this way? Well, then maybe I shouldn't be treating them this way. Reap what you, how cool is that? Love it. So put it to use someday. All right, this year, we will be intentionally planting the things of God, planting the things of the kingdom in our lives and through our lives, into the lives of those around us. And we want to do it generously. We don't want to just put a couple little seeds out there. We, we want to get the, you know, I've got one of those hand things at home, you know, that kind of scatters seed. You know, I've also, I used to have one of those hand ones that, you know, that scattered stuff. And of course, then you got the big old ones you got to hold behind a tractor, you know. We want to be sowing some serious seed generously. Not thinking about the cost of how much I'm giving up. Thinking about how much I'm, I don't know, going to increase and grow because of it. How much you're trusting God. How much your faith is increasing. How much your trust is increasing. Because it's all about sowing and planting out there. And that God takes care of you. And the next thing you know, you start growing those good fruits too. Because he's developing good roots into your life. We've freely received so, so much. Everything that we have is God's. It's not our own. We've just been entrusted with it. So we give not out of compulsion or obligation begrudgingly. We cheerfully, with joy, sow out and plant that seed. We give the things of the kingdom, not counting the cost, because we know that we can never outgive God. He is always able to give way more than enough. Amen? Amen. All right, so let's close with actually a, a song here this morning. Um, let's close with... Uh, mm, <laughs> anybody have a favorite? Sorry. Um, lay me down. Lay me down. Because that's really the attitude mentality toward generosity. You know, it's not about exalting ourselves or um, considering, you know, how much we have or how much we're giving. It's really just about fully, completely, wholly, obediently surrendering ourselves. Because as we do that, God, he is able to start growing and increasing that storehouse, right? So this morning, it is a joy. It's a joy just to say, God, I'm yours. Show me, to plant, show me how and where to sow and to plant. Teach me your ways. Help me to see as you see. Not looking at how much I'm giving, but how I'm giving and why I'm giving. Help me to be like that widow that gave her everything. Though others may have scoffed at her offering because of how little it was, Jesus, you honored it. You glorified it. And I guarantee that woman did not go hungry the next day. Jesus provided everything she needed, right? So this morning... Just let there be a laying down of our lives. Having a true attitude and mentality of generosity toward everything.